0: Mic check, check one, check two. Are we here? All right, we're here right now. Ish. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Penn. Excited to bring you episode four in our series on land and life in Northern California. Today, we're on Third Street, a main thoroughfare in San Francisco's Bayview-Hunters Point neighborhood. The Bayview-Hunters Point neighborhood is this large piece of land full of homes and storefronts and warehouses, all located on the often overlooked southeastern side of the city. As African-Americans migrated from the south during the early to mid 20th century, this was one of the communities they were relegated to living in due to redlining. At the same time, the neighborhood was home to fossil fuel plants, a wastewater treatment plant that collected the majority of the city's sewage, and a U.S. Navy lab where tests were done with toxic chemicals. While being removed from the rest of the city created a community of resilient people, who in many ways nurtured one another, they did so in the face of living on tainted soil. After this short break, I talked to someone who knows firsthand about the detrimental impact of pollution in the community and the urgency to fight against environmental racism. Hey, what's up? I'm Pendarvis Harshaw, the host of KQED's Right Nowish podcast. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy, and you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So, if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org/podcast. That's donate.kqed.org/podcast. I meet Ariann Harrison at the Hunters Point Biomonitoring Office on 3rd Street, her organization's headquarters. The office is right in the middle of a neighborhood. Her family has called home for five generations.
1: So my grandfather, when he migrated out here from the South, he came out here, he came out here, to, you know, to make some money. Now, he kind of went to a couple of different cities in between, but he made it out here to work at the Navy shipyard. Him and my grandmother, Mitty, we call her Mitty, but her real name Magnolia, they got married when they were very young. They had about 15 kids all together. Everybody had to work. Uh, my, my, my grandma made me say, hey, when I get up and leave the house, everybody got to go, right? If you ain't in school, if you ain't working, you got to be doing something. Arianne's
0: mom, Marie, came out of this hard-working household. She was none other than Marie Harrison, publicly known as a community organizer and a freedom fighter who saw environmental injustice in her community as a call to action. Privately. She was a mother who was determined to provide for her family.
1: I know that my mother used to have a lot of food. A, a lot of food, you know, and that that's one thing I found that was interesting about my mother. My mother would always stock stuff like she was, like the end of the world was coming, you Got know it. what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. But also, that's the way she was brought up, right? That's what she saw. Right, that's yeah. what she
1: saw. And also, the cut that grew up poor, it was nothing to like take a steak and cut it 50,000 ways and, Throw it in some gravy and throw it over some rice so it'll stretch.
0: On top of making the ends meet, Marie Harrison worked wonders outside of the home as well. In the early 2000s, Marie Harrison and community groups such as the Hunters View Tenants Association and Green Action worked with residents to protest, a local pg and power plant that was spewing toxins into the Bayview-Hunters Point community. Toxins that were directly impacting her family's health.
1: She was concerned about my kids, first of all. You know, my my youngest, uh, my baby was having nosebleeds and stuff like that. I was like a new mother, so I'm doing everything I think is right. I'm feeding the baby and all that kind of stuff. but My baby kept on losing weight; it was like going in reverse. And he would always spit up his food. My mother said it got something to do with that black soot they keep on spewing up, spewing up in the community. Because my child is not the only ones that's sick or having some problems with with uh, with breathing and different stuff like that. There's other community resident members that are having the same issues. My mother was deemed the mother of the movement for environmental justice you know which I'm very proud of that name you know and if it, it really suits her and fits her my mother literally fought to her dying day for the health and the well-being of the residents here in uh, Baby Hunter's Point. My mother in collaboration with the community because it wasn't just a, a one-person fight it was a community. Led fight by community residents, you know, and um, another allies.: go!
0: Marie Harrison bring bring wanted elected P-G-D! officials and residents alike to be aware of what was happening in the neighborhood. Her passion about this issue inspired her to take radical actions. One time, she chained herself to the
1: front gates of the power plant. My <laughs> mom said, "I think I'm going to jail." all right) <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to jail. You know, her and her crew. Uh, you know, chaining themselves to a fence. I was like, really. And my mother didn't have a record or nothing like that, so that was kind of a big. That was a big deal. You they, know, were, were you out there with her? Oh no, I took my son and went home. Next thing I know, I'm coming back down the block. She already gone and taken out of jail, you know. So first thing I had to do is call my dad. And I'm like, "Damn, you know." He's like, "What the hell going on?" I'm like, "I told her not to go down there and do that." But you my mama's gonna do what she wanna do. My mother stubborn. My mother tell you, "Yeah, do what she gonna do, right?" And I'm the same way, buddy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> After years of community pressure, PG and E announced the closure of the Bayview Power Plant in 2006. With this victory in tow, Marie continued to raise awareness about other forms of environmental racism in the neighborhood. Notably, she pushed for transparency and civilian oversight of the radioactive cleanup at the former Hunters Point Naval Shipyard. The site is technically under the jurisdiction of the U.S. Navy and the Environmental Protection Agency is tasked with cleaning it up, but many residents, including Marie Harrison, demanded that the city get involved, especially after a 2018 report Revealed that the cleanup job was botched. To this day, there still hasn't been a full cleanup of the site. Marie alarmed people of this until her last breath. In her later years, and I've seen the images of her with the oxygen tank and speaking about right. what was happening in the community down at City Hall. And I'm, so at that point in her fight, how did that inspire you even further
1: to get, get into this work? My mother was diagnosed with a respiratory lung disease. When they showed the pictures, the x-rays that they took of her, it said they looked like somebody physically went in there and scratched up her lungs. You know, like she was attacked from the inside. My mother didn't smoke cigarettes, she didn't drink, none of that stuff. I was really, really, really angry. I was very upset, but you know, you, you, sometimes you got to turn your anger into light, to lighter fluid, right? You turn it into kindling. You got to throw it on the fire and, and watch it burn turn it into fuel, right?
0: Marie Harrison died in 2019. That's when her daughter, Ariane, took to the calling to continue her mother's work. She goes to city council meetings, advocating for a full cleanup of the Naval Shipyard, just as her mother did. Ariane helps to draft policy and apply for grants to get funding for researching the air quality in the Bayview. She also meets every month with community members and local institutions, pushing for further communication and transparency between the two. And as a way to honor her mother's legacy, she founded the Marie Harrison Foundation to grow community leadership. The slogan is, can we live?
1: I knew that I didn't want my mom's work to be forgotten. Also, I knew that the fight wasn't over. We know that District 10 is is really over-industrialized, number one, so air quality is a factor. And we collect 80% of San Francisco's body waste here in Bayview. We're literally asking these government officials, "Can we live every day?" Since I, since you know, I gotta ask you, "Can we live?" Because apparently you don't care about you our life. So that's what a part of the logo is. We really started out as a, a community awareness group, giving out re- information on respiratory and lung disease, partnering with Dr. Simsha Porter to bring the science to, uh, you know, the people being sick and being able to document and prove that that from a medical standpoint. You know, people want to know why is such a high rate of respiratory lung disease amongst children.
0: By partnering with Dr. Porter Sum a physician whose work focuses on testing the area's residents, REN helps to document the health consequences of living near the shipyard. Together, they reach out to residents to take urine toxology tests. In order to show evidence of the impact of environmental injustice part of that is test results right and showing the impact on the community you all are organizing door-to-door testing is that my understanding
1: yes so it won't fall on deaf ears if we're proving it exists so and um, in order to do that you would think that um you would think that the government would really be down here trying to run some tests right not actually so. So we have to do it ourselves first and prove that that there's actually something to hear. It's in C, here. So let me give you a kind of a list of the things that were found for my own personal test results. Okay, so I had above reference rates for antimony, cadmium, copper, manganese, rubidium, thallium, PCI-24 on the alpha spectrum of plutonium and uranium. That accounts for the astronomical high rates of respiratory lung disease and cancer. When I say PCI-24, uh, and we're talking about rubidium, and and these are all radioactive uh, isotopes. When you got this news, how did you respond? You know, you always say that, oh, I bet you, I got this, and that's almost like finding out the finding out something you was already thinking was true. It's like, it makes sense. where where are you going to get PCI-24 from? I'm just saying. So what I'm hoping to happen is that people come in and get tested because if they do not get tested, tested, then we won't be able to prove that there's been a problem here. We have to prove there's a problem here in order to look out for our kids and the next generation that's coming behind us. And that's how significant and important, important it is to do so. We are a bipart community, and it's not just black folks that's coming up with these with these kind of testings. You know what I'm saying? There's other people. There's other people from our various cultures that are in our community that have been tested as well. You know, building allyship with the Asian community, you know, and bringing them in when having the translation of of the information because they are a strong part of our community. They need to have that information too. You know, our Latino co- counterparts. You know.
0: What is an ideal, successful outcome of the work that you're doing?
1: A successful outcome for the work that we are all collectively doing is is to uh, get the city to reevaluate the way they create safety, and to also get get some kind of uh, realistic uh, response from from our government to say to say that hey, there has been harm committed here. Besides that, I want to see some kind of financial. Uh, reparations taking place, and we, there's several different ways that we can take, we can look at that. You know, it could be, you know, personal repra- reparations or some kind of some kind of give back to the community members, and what we all agree on that we need.
0: While R.E.N. advocates for reparations for Bayview residents. She also organizes scholarships through the Marie Harrison Community Foundation to support a cohort of college students who have a passion for leading climate justice work.
1: I'm always talking about the next generation. And I'm always talking about the next level. You know, the Bay Area Air District, we got together and collaborated on their first ever academic scholarship based off of my mother's work. Work for environmental justice, that's $5,000 a piece. He said that's, it's going to the first eight students that qualify. My my objective and what I want to accomplish with the Marie Harrison Community Foundation, the academic scholarship, through um, activism and creating bridges and opportunities for folks to go into these different fields, fields of work and community education, right? is also to organize around different things that are taking, taking uh, place in our communities that we feel like we don't have control over. So I'm, I'm listening to your story, mm-hmm. and the five
0: generations here in this community, mm-hmm. it nurtured you, it, like it gave you a place to call home, yes. and there's evidence that this same soil poisoned generations of your family. Yeah. How do you make sense of that?
1: You can't make sense of that. You know, the only thing you can do is point where the evidence is pointing. You got to go to the perpetrators. I believe a person had asked me one time, "Well, if it's so toxic here, then how how come you haven't left?" My response to that is that number one, I can't afford to go nowhere either, right? In this in this city, in on in the big the big response to that, if you're listening, check one, check two, cause the war and the fight is not over yet. This is not a Bayview Hunters Point resident issue this is this is a San Francisco issue.
0: You're fighting against these huge entities. Are you ever fearful of the work that you're doing?
1: Yeah. I I was scared when I got those results. But I'm also very energized, energetic, and and I believe that I'm a win.
0: Big thank you to Ariane Harrison for sharing your story and for doing the work of carrying on your mother's legacy as well as making this world better for future generations. If you all are interested in learning more about Ariane's work, visit canwelive.org. That's spelled C A N W E L I V E.org. Marisol Medina Cadena joined me on 3rd Street for this conversation and then proceeded to put her producer magic on this episode. Chris Hambrick provided editorial insight. Seal Mother engineered this joint. Bryce Stoutenborough is our amazing engagement intern. Caesar Saldania and Rhea Garawal are the engagement leads. KQED execs that make this all possible are Ethan Tovin Lindsay, Jin Shin, and Holly Kernan. I'm your host, Pandarvis mm-hmm. Harshaw. Reflecting that it would be pretty wise if we took care of the planet that took care of us. Right? Right. This episode is number four in our series on land and life in Northern California. we are right back next week with another one. Until then, peace. Right Nowish is a KQD production. Funding for Right Nowish comes from Akanadi Foundation, supporting the development of powerful social change movements to eliminate structural racism.